The Spud Goodman Show notes with sadness the passing of Irish McKinney, a talented and generous man who has been with us in many capacities from the start, and who fans will remember as Spud's bodyguard. Our thoughts and prayers are with his friends and family. Radio Show! And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy, he calls to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, the name is Spud, Spud Goodman, and welcome to our show. You know, I'm about 75% positive you will enjoy what you hear on tonight's program. Now I realize maybe at this moment, you're you're saying to yourself, you know, what makes this guy think he knows how I'm going to feel about, you know, after listening to his show? Well, you got me there, you know, I'm just guessing, if you must know, but it makes me feel less suicidal to predict that you're going to like it. That's bottom line here. So with me is our temporary permanent co-host, uh, Mr. Gerald Holcomb. You can get in a quick hi now, very quick. Uh, hi, everyone. Listen, I can confidently say I'm 100% positive you will totally enjoy tonight's show. Um, but what is your experience and background that would huh? uh, make people believe what you just said? At least I have a track record. You know, oh. maybe I've had a mediocre career, you know, in cable TV and now radio <laughs> for many years, but you are an assistant manager at a carpet and linoleum store yeah. besides doing this gig. I-, I would recommend listeners go with my 75% guess. Well, our resumes aside, Spud, I- I'm not a math scholar, but a 100% guess beats a 75% guess. In I my don't think it's going to happen. That's in my book any day. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, moving on anyway. I need yeah. to introduce our designated laugher now. How you doing tonight, Gina? Oh, I'm doing great, Spud. I'm, you know, just uh, still having to get up a couple times at night with the baby, but everything's good. He's getting a little fussy. I think he's uh, going through a um, gross yeah, burt right yeah, now, yeah, yeah. so yeah, it's yeah. a little difficult. Couldn't you, like, hire but, a nanny for, like, the nighttime when you want to sleep? I mean, mm. d- during the day, I heard it's a piece of cake, you know, taking care of babies. I, I myself, you know, I'm a really hard sleeper, so no way a baby crying's going to wake me up. So I'd probably have to subcontract <laughs> out responsibilities for those hours. Yeah, well, I, I don't think that would be appropriate. Appropriate. You know, I, I could never let someone else take care of my baby. You know, I, I'm just, 
I guess I'm a, a full-surface mommy. Yeah, yeah. Give it a few months and get back to me on that one. Yeah, you know, my lovely wife, Rachel, is a hands-on mom for sure. Uh, she breastfed our kids until each of them were in kindergarten. Ew. Uh, Americans love a winner. Well, I, I tell her now that the oldest is 15. He's okay to cut his own food, but gosh darn it, she would pre-chew it for him if, she would, if he would let her. Uh, you know, he's kind of at that age right now where he's embarrassed that his mother is so attentive. Yeah, well... I got to say this, you know, I was microwaving my meals when I was mm, about three. I think that's when I started. Um, I didn't really, I didn't really know what Gerber jars to heat up and what to put in the fridge, but you know, it caused me a little bit of difficulty. But I survived just fine. You know, I still buy a few jars at Safeway for snack time. Uh, so, Spud, are you going to ask him? You know, everyone in the um, studio is wondering. No, I, I was thinking of maybe doing this off the air when we get done. You know, when we're <laughs> Yeah, when I think off the air is, is the right way to go. Ask uh, who? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, okay. I, I have mixed feelings myself. I, I, I don't know. I, I just think, you know, I'm just going to base it on how annoying he is during the first, you know, 15 minutes or maybe the whole show. Let's just, huh? let's just see how it goes. I'm going to hold, hold that in. If I were you, Spud, I wouldn't do that. Because no one likes a tattletale rat And for sure it will turn to a game of tit for tat So man, keep all that dirt under your hat what are you, you two? What, what are you yeah, two yeah, talking no, no. about? Yeah. I, I made the staff meeting this week, and I didn't hear about anything special for us to bring up tonight. It's not on the schedule, although of course I'm still not being given a schedule. I sort of peeked at one of the intern schedules, and I didn't see anything out of the ordinary. Okay, okay. like I said, it's, <laughs> it's probably best that I hold off on this till after the show. Huh. But, Mister Temporary Co-host, you have been warned. If you become too much of a weasel, oh. I will have to go to the nuclear option. All right, <laughs> but right mm. now it's time for some music. All right, this song is by Carletta Souquet, who hails from San Francisco. He performed this song live on my video podcast a little over a year ago, I think, something like that. It's titled Just Another Beautiful Boy. You know, for the life of me, I have no idea what you're referring to, Spud. Is this going to be a surprise award or something for me? Because I do love surprises. Ooh, I hope so. Uh, let's just check out the song right huh. now, all right? Somebody hit play. Well, I've always had a thing for the pretty ones Just like anyone else, I suppose But beauty's in the eye of the beholder And a rose is a rose is a rose I'm not the kind of girl who looks for trouble Though I've had my share, it's true I ain't no blushing violet And I ain't no Just another beautiful boy Now Cyril was the richest aristocrat And Toby was poor as a mouse Cyril had homes by the season And Toby rarely lived in a house You know, few men could be more different Yet more or less just the same which proves inarguably that there ain't much 
Finally, the right one comes along. You think that all of your prayers have been heard. But then you're doing all of his washing and his ironing afterward. You know, love is not a duty. And it shouldn't be so hard. You shouldn't be scrubbing his dishes and then mowing his backyard and you find yourself punching a time clock as if you were in his employ he's just a beautiful a beautiful just another beautiful a beautiful a beautiful who needs another beautiful Hey, I'm Jay Farrell. You're listening to the Stud Goodman Show, one of the most drop call reception shows I've ever been on. I don't know what's wrong. The man won't pay his bill. He's broke. He's cheap, but he's beautiful. So, ladies, give him some booty. And if you don't, I'm going to find you. Because I'm going to find you. We're going to find you. That's an old reference. But guess what? I don't give a damn. Because it still works. Jay Farrell, the Stud Goodman Show. <laughs> hey, uh, Spud, our first guest, Christopher Titus, is holding on the line for us. Us? You mean me. Uh, and oh. it only makes common sense. Right, right, yeah. yeah. He's waiting to speak with you. Yes, yes. And, you know, I really did enjoy speaking with him the last time he was on the show. He's a funny dude. You know, I Googled him, and it appears he led a pretty dysfunctional life. He had tough times growing up in a bad marriage that didn't hey, go... I, 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 
I'm aware of this. And don't oh. you think it's rude of you to like detail Christopher's unfortunate relationship history on the air? How would you like it if he Googled you and started talking about all of your screwed up relationships? <laughs> oh, uh, well, I would never disclose embarrassing personal information about a guest. And I don't believe he would find anything on Google about me to disclose. Uh, trust me, you can find dirt on anyone. Just, just hmm. put them on, man. <laughs> all right, will do. Please say hello to comedian, writer, and actor Christopher Titus. Uh, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, dude, it's good being back, and I can't wait to get out to Florida, man. I've got a, I, I got a flak vest, and, I, and I've got some weaponry to protect myself. I can't wait. All right, super. You're going to be appearing at the Straz Center in Tampa, Florida, on Saturday, September 12th. Showtime is 8 p.m. Tickets are available online at ChristopherTitus.com and at Improv.com. All right. Yeah, we're doing... We're doing a whole theater tour. We're going to uh, Tallahassee, Gainesville, uh, Tampa, and then West Palm Beach. So I'll be driving all over Florida. You think it's going to be a hurricane that week? Uh, let's hope not. <laughs> let's hope not. <laughs> um, well, you know, since when we last spoke about six months ago, you were hitting the road hard, and then you filmed and released your newest comedy special, Angry Pursuit of Happiness, on Comedy Central. I must say you got great yep. reviews on that one, and I'm, I'm guessing that beat's getting ripped by the critics, right? I'm still waiting for my first review. Uh, <laughs> It happens, man. The reviews are always weird. You don't piss me off about reviews. It's always some dude who uh, never did comedy, never wrote a script, or tried to do comedy and couldn't do it. And whenever you get a review, you always got to take with a grain of salt. You know, I've had reviews that were, when Titus came out, I had the worst review I ever got when, when my show Titus came out. I had one bad review, and it was from this guy from the uh, Washington Post. And it, it started out, it said, a second-rate comedian stars in third-rate sitcom. And I go, that's the way to start a bad review. Don't, don't, half, don't do it halfway. If you're going to do it, go after it. You know, Christopher Titus deserves to die. There you go. That's a bad review. So, but they're rare, but when they come out, they, they still get to your soul a little bit, man. They still rip a piece of you out. Absolutely. That, yeah, huh? Well, let, let's let's uh, deal with your comedy. It kind of comes from an emotional place. So would it be accurate to say you're not a withdrawn private person you share so others can learn? <laughs> yeah, um, my wife would say I just don't know when to shut up, pretty much. Uh, she, she comes from a southern family that like keeps stuff real close to the vest. And they don't talk about stuff. My family was the total opposite. We, if you did something wrong, it was instantly brought up. If you made someone mad, it was instantly brought up. And uh, I don't know if that's better or worse. Uh, I think a lot of people that hold it inside and kind of, you know, grow stress tumors. But uh, I don't have that, at least. I give other people stress tumors, obviously, but I don't have any. Well, you've had a few bad relationships over the years in the past. Would that be accurate? <laughs> yeah, my ex-wife was... Uh, my ex-wife is one that she actually, when we, I filed for divorce because uh, um, she was seeing two other guys. Um, you know, uh, her, uh, Only let's two. say her, her, sexual or, her sexual organs had a guest list and I wasn't on them. Let's just leave it at that. Seriously. And uh, so I, uh, then when I filed for divorce, she actually said to me, she said that I beat her and I beat the kids. And we proved in court that didn't happen. So now I don't trust her. So now nine years later, whenever she says, I go, you know, I don't trust the thing you say because what you did at our divorce. She'll go, oh, are you still talking about that? You start talking about the past. You know, when are you going to let that go? And I always tell her, when the Jews let it go, that's when I will let it go. Good call, yo. Wow. All right. Well, do you think it's a small number of people out there that thrive on the drama as they move through life? Or do you see it as much more prevalent, like almost a guarantee after the third date? What's your take? <laughs> I 
think you got to talk about the new show. You have to date someone for eight years before you figure out if you want to marry them or be with them. It takes eight years. Wow. All these people who get married in one, two, or three years are crazy. And I know a lot of people are listening thinking, eight years, I can't hold the crazy back that long. But you, you need to go to that place where you can deal with the worst of the person. And then you got to decide. If you can deal with their top-level crazy, I don't mean their 10-level crazy. I mean their 11-level crazy. You know when you're so angry that you forgot what you did and you weren't even drunk? You have to hang with someone through that. Yeah. All right. I just wrote that down. Well, you're happily married <laughs> now. So what would be the number yep. one tip you would give guys listening on how to have a successful marriage? Uh, uh, don't marry him for eight years. I didn't marry her for eight years, and when I finally did marry her, uh, here's the thing. Love is possible. You just got to divorce your first wife. That's just how it goes. Because after your first wife, you're going to know exactly what you deal with. So, guys, just rush into a stupid marriage with a crazy girl, divorce her in a couple years, don't have a kid, and then marry someone great. Oh, all right, super. That's now, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you something. <laughs> but, but I, you know, the weird thing is that and then you have kids. This whole show is kind of about raising kids and how to, how to get through it. And if you don't have kids, this show is about how to never have kids. And by the way, I want to be clear. I love my kids because I hate jail. Oh. All right. That's for the record. Well, um, on another topic, as the Pope is coming to the U.S., um, do you think it will be bigger than the Beatles landing on our shores? Because the dude is huge, and I myself am a lapsed Catholic, and it makes me want to go find my old rosary beads. What's your take on him? This pope, this pope is like he's like biker pope. I love this pope. Yes, he just got this pope is so surprising. The stuff he's like done. If he just threw down some linoleum and break dance, you'd be like, okay, this guy's cool. I think, uh, I think it's all. It almost this pope almost makes religion cool again. You know what I mean? Courtney, Chloe. Um. Well, switching topics to a much more flawed man, you've put forth your opinion on Jared the Subway Guy, but I was going to ask you, is he maybe in real life a little bit like the Wooderson character in Dazed and Confused, but but he's stuck in junior high? What do you think? I think that Jared, I think at the end of the day, guys like Jared uh, got really, because he, well, he was like 480 pounds. Yeah. Guys like Jared tr never got, got laid in high school. They just didn't. And all they had was cheerleader fantasies when they were 16. So when they were 16, they never got to feel a 16-year-old body. So now they're grown men, and they want to go back and get even. Because everybody who gets famous wants to get even. Bill Gates, you know, uh, Steve Jobs, uh, you know, uh, uh, Billy Joel, uh, comedians like myself. We don't do it to be because we love doing it. We do it because someone hurt me when I was a kid, and I'm going to show those bastards. So I think Jared just chose the wrong way to show. And I hope in prison he really gets dealt with. Don't you? Uh, kind of, sort of. If I was the dad of any yeah, of those junior of, high girls, I think I'd probably feel that way. I think the creepiest thing you said, like, it, it, look, Bill Cosby had to be going, whoo, at least I'm not Jared from Subway. Um, yeah. Jared, when he, when, he, when he was actually giving people finder's fees for finding him young girls, at that point you go, all right, dude, you need, there's, don't you think there's just some people that need to be taken out of the gene pool. You just need to be not part of society anymore. If you're going after little kids, if you're, you know, killing people crazy, if you're having weird thoughts because you play too much Nintendo, whatever, some, we have too many people on the planet. Don't have kids, people. We don't need any more kids. Yeah, well, do you think other food icons will be dropping soon, too? Like Ronald McDonald, those two <laughs> dudes in the Sonic car, and the guy who plays Colonel Sanders. Not not Norm McDonald, he's probably a buddy of yours. You know, we all love him, but I mean the original guy they were using. Do you think this thing is going to be spreading? If the guys from... 
if the guys from Sonic do something, I, I will lose faith in humanity. If the guy, if the Sonic guys are gone, I don't know what's going to happen. And what happened to the? Hey, what I won't lie. Norman it was Donald very doing, disturbing uh, to hear Carl what happened Sanders. to Jared. It's hey, Christopher, can you excuse me for just one moment? Our family had a picture of him holding up his old size 50 pants up on our fridge in the kitchen. Both my oldest and I have been told to lose a few pounds by our family doctor. and He was really an inspiring role model. Well, yeah, but well, not so much anymore, right? No. Well, now my son and I will have to look for inspiration elsewhere, I guess. What about Marie Osmond? I think she lost a bunch of weight. Yeah, well, Marie's a nice lady, but she's not exactly someone who has that wow factor like Jared had. Uh, I'm sure I'll find somebody. It, it just is going to take time, I guess. Oh, hey, can I get back to the interview with Christopher, please? Oh, absolutely. Thank you. All right, thanks for your patience, Christopher. I'm back. Well, how much of a diva, how much of a diva was Colonel Sanders? Well, let's talk about your podcast uh, called Titus Podcast. Where, are, where can our listeners find it? Uh, it's on iTunes. You can go to uh, Libsyn has it. Just hit Titus Podcast. There's a bunch of servers. I got it it's on Spotify. It's all over. All right, super. So do you think in the not-too-distant future, all entertainment will be a la carte, you know, downloading everything but live sports? Is that the, that the future? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think we're, I think we're pretty much done. I think uh, ABC, CBS, and now it's going to be just a barren landscape. It's, it's kind of, I call it the TV apocalypse. There's going to be 9 million shows, but only 3 million people to watch them. Oh. Dang. Okay, well, maybe I'll have to adjust my plans for a network show. Uh, Game has changed, yo. Okay, then. Once again, I got to get this out. You're going to be appearing in Tampa September 12th at the Straz Center, and your newest comedy special, Angry Pursuit of Happiness, is now available on DVD. Thank you so much, man, for calling in tonight. Thanks, man. All right, Mr. Christopher Titus. I love me from a screwed-up family, man. We have everything in my family. Prescription drug abuse... Mental illness. One of my uncles is a Mormon. <laughs> and people get so weird about mental illness. It's like anything else. You follow the rules. You don't put a heart patient on a roller coaster. You don't put a mental patient on a hunting trip with you. <laughs> my mom's insane. Of course, I don't mean my mom is insane. I mean, we the jury find the defendant. <laughs> When I was a kid, she was in a mental care facility, or as dad so eloquently put it, she shacked up in the wacko basket. <laughs> Sleep well, boy! Actually, it comforts me to know that when I was in kindergarten, gluing macaroni to paper plates, my mom was in therapy gluing macaroni to paper plates. I used to put her projects on the refrigerator. For a genuine musical treat, Tune in to the Inspired Goodman Show, radio's famous program that takes you on a magic carpet of melody to a world of beauty. All right, it's musical guest interview time. Please welcome our musical guest, Jessica Domingo. Hello. Hey. <laughs> um, so you're, you are with us live in the studio right this moment. Um, let me say this. You're a very busy musician these <laughs> days. Uh, and you got a new yeah. record out titled Masterpiece. Uh, yes. And you're performing quite a bit right now. And you're mm -hmm. also trying to juggle college with the music career, too. Yeah, it's it's pretty hectic just balancing those two. It's always kind of been a struggle, but I love to do it. So, I mean, I could say that I'm kind of just blessed to have this opportunity to be everywhere, <laughs> I guess, on the board with music in school. Right. Well, it's a heavy schedule because I, mm -hmm. myself, you know, couldn't deal with 
taking just one English one-on-one class my last quarter <laughs> at community college, and, and I didn't have a job, and, and I got a freaking D. So, yeah, you are kind of amazing. But you're very polished, I will say this musically. Uh, I've heard you. a couple cuts off the new record. Um, can I ask if you got your start when you were like a toddler, or is this something you jumped hmm. into later in life? I think I started off like singing just all over the place since when I was younger, and then I took it seriously when I was about 10 years old, took lessons on vocals and guitar, mm -hmm. and then I dabbled around and quit all those classes that I took and just did it all my own, and that's how it all started. Hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Jessica, as one of your videos has gotten over 2 million views, um, you seem to be doing pretty well. Maybe later you can tell me how to do that. Is talent <laughs> a, a factor in that? Um, I'm hoping not, but it is. I have no idea how that happened. I was just the sophomore in high school with braces, and people really dig the whole braces look, but yeah, <laughs> I not, thought that was kind of weird. <laughs> but I guess when I post that, I didn't really expect much out of videos. I kind of wanted to post YouTube videos so I can get used to people hearing my voice without... Uh, crowd and um, I don't know I just thought two million views how did this happen <laughs> being so young and having those is just a shocker <laughs> really you're right on about the braces thing I mean I mean <laughs> I I've uh, I've been known to ask uh, you know some of my I mean I'm not I'm not a, you know the women I date are not kids and uh, that I see and I've asked them to put in retainers at specific points <laughs> in my life but anyway uh, what's the name of the uh, of the first song you're going to do uh, this one's called We Could Be Anything, and it is from my debut album I released last year. All right, super. Let's do it. I'll be a butterfly if you fly my way, and I'll be a bird in Keep our nights warm and safe And I'll sing you a lullaby When it's time to sleep And I'll be your own sunrise Keep ourselves on our feet We could be anything As long as I am yours We could go through anything Rain or the storms We could be infinity As long as you could be with me Oh, we'll just be anything in this world Cause you're mine and I am yours You'll be my honeybee We'll escape from the mean old queen and we'll buzz all around our hive. You'll be my dragonfly, spread your wings on the grassy greens of view of nature's seeds. Oh yes, we'll fly, fly away, spread our Go through anything, babe. 
fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief intermission. Now your host, Spud Goodman. All right, clip of the week time. It seemed to me with all this anti-immigration rhetoric spewing forth really all around the world right now, um, this particular segment from a conservative Iowa radio talk show host named Jan Mickelson uh, seemed to, you know, take the far right's perspective to its logical conclusion, at, at least in this country. Anyway, after hearing what he has to say, I can't help but remember history does have a tendency to repeat itself. So, you know, we might want to keep that in mind. Roll the clip. Anyone who is in the state of Iowa, the state, the state, the state of Iowa, that is not here legally and cannot and cannot and cannot demonstrate their legal status to the satisfaction of the local, the local, the local, the local, the local and state authorities here in the state of Iowa, become property of the state of Iowa. Become property of the state of Iowa. So if you are here without our permission, and we've given you two months to, to leave, and you're still here, and we find that you're still here after we've given you the deadline to leave, then you become the property of the state of Iowa. Then you become the property of the state of Iowa. And we have a job for you, and we start using uh, uh, compelled labor, the people who are here illegally, would therefore be owned by the state, owned by the state, and become an asset of the state rather than a liability, and we start inventing jobs for them to do. It sounds like a clever idea, and maybe it, maybe you could make it, uh, uh, put it in, in action, but I think the fallout would be so significant. What would be the nature of the fallout? Well, I, I think everybody would believe it sounds like slavery. Well, I, I think everybody would believe it sounds like slavery. Well, I, I think everybody would believe everybody would believe it sounds like slavery. Sounds like slavery. Sounds like slavery. 
Well, what's wrong with slavery? With all of this, our country has tremendous potential. Let's make America great again. Show. All right, I'm being prodded by others in the studio to do something now that I, I don't know, it's going to give me temporary joy, but later there's a strong chance I'm going to feel a little guilty doing it, but I guess the trade-off is worth it. Uh, Gerald, does the name Ashley Madison ring a bell with you? Oh, he's actually going to ask him. Uh, I... I don't believe I know an Ashley Madison. Why do you well, ask? Well, our intern Trent over over by the soundboard over there, yeah, you yeah, might yeah. know him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, he he uh, stumbled onto this tidbit while you know doing his daily communion with the internet a couple weeks ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you read in the paper a while back uh, about that cheater's website, Ashley Madison, being mm. hacked and all the customers' names being outed. I, I guess they you know, took down the list, but they are not our friend. But our, our, you know, Trent took a screenshot uh, of a name that you might recognize. He's been sitting on this one you know for a while, but we he or we or whatever couldn't really wait and sit on it any longer. Uh, all right. Yeah, yeah. I do remember seeing something about a dating website being hacked, but I didn't read the article, so well, what, what about... I don't well, know. How, how do I say this? Um, yeah. Don't you think a really cold shower would have been a better move? I, I mean, this was risky, <laughs> and looking back, do you, you regret being so reckless? Reckless? My gosh, what are you referring to, Spud? I, I don't players, understand. Let's play Double Jeopardy. Uh, Trent, uh, read that name you found on Ash, the Ashley Madison user list. Well, it says Gerald Holcomb, and your email is sexygerald1 at Yahoo, right? Uh, uh, you know, I told you several times, that email address was only a joke, and I maybe used it once or twice, and it's gone now anyway. Gerald, first mistake, never use your real name in an email address, dude. Especially at a website salute. Ashley Madison is sure to be sued so next time think with some other body part when you are in the mood so so i want to know how does it feel to be famous i i mean i know there are millions of others like you too specifically i think 37 million dudes and roughly 12,000 real women and those odds are worse than closing time at an Applebee's. <laughs> All right. This is very funny. No one would believe I would patronize that Ashley Madison website. I mean, come on. There's obviously another Gerald Holcomb utilizing their services. And I'll tell you, I do feel bad for his family, though. But this sort of thing, it can be quite embarrassing yeah, for him. Yeah, I would expect that that Gerald, or whatever Gerald, will have a lot of explaining to do uh, yeah. when to get out of this one. Seriously. Yeah, I don't even think OJ's defense team could pull one off for the Gerald Holcomb on this list. I mean, he must be really sweating it out now. Um, This is a community property state. Am I I correct? I'm just asking. (laughs) I I can assure both of you, my wife would never believe that I could possibly be that Gerald Holcomb. She knows me better. Even with that email address you used to have? Uh, You Hmm. know, it doesn't look good for you right now, but maybe you should just, you know, get some legal advice before commenting further. You said, uh, you do say your wife listens to the show. Is that... Correct. Uh, well, <laughs> most most of the time she does, but uh, tonight she's uh, she's at a back to school night with the youngest. And I I felt bad missing it due to the show, but uh, I, I hope to drop by my daughter's school soon to introduce yeah, myself okay. to her. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, why don't we move along now? Kind of we can talk further about this uh, a little later. So check mm-hmm. and see if our next guest is ready to go. Okay. 
Uh, okay, yeah, I'll check. And uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, Spud, they're they're telling me our next guest, Andy Daly, isn't. Uh, okay, fact, super. He's ready. Uh, he's he's been on a few. Yeah, times we love before. Andy, man. We love yeah. him. He's been uh, he's been on most of the coolest TV shows ever broadcast in the last decade or so. Was he on Law and Order? Uh, no, he's a comedian and a comic actor who can play so many different characters. Oh, was he on Joey? You, you know that no. Matt LeBlanc show on NBC? It, it didn't last no. very long, but my wife and I loved it. I, I thought really? I saw an Andrew Daly in the credits, because after each TV show or movie, I tend to scrutinize the credit roll. You know, try to remember the names and titles. Uh, I do not uh, do crossword puzzles, so this keeps my mind sharp, and it kind of gets on Rachel's nerves, because yeah, she can, wants to change the channel. You can discuss your Rain Man thing later. Just, just put Andy through. Uh, here he is. Please say hello to comedian, actor, writer, stand-up comedian Andy Daly. Welcome back to our little radio show, Andy. Thank you so much. Nice to be here. But uh, let's let's talk about your excellent, excellent series on Comedy Central Review that airs Thursdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 Central. It's, it also reruns at other times, so people need to check out the listings. Um, and I just want to get this out. I highly suggest our listeners visit On Demand and catch all the review episodes available that they might have missed. And that's my tip of the night. So uh, there you go. Nice. Good tip. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Um, you know, I didn't read anything in the trades about Forrest being uh, on that Ashley Madison list of 37 million guys. I'm guessing he he passed on reviewing that website. Yeah, he's not he's not real good at uh, the internet. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, he has no idea what's happening on the internet, and then uh, once he finds out what's on there, has really no idea how to access it. Uh, but although last week he did learn how to catfish someone, so for that he had to get. Uh, he had to set up a, a dating website a profile and all that stuff, but it, it took a lot of help. So it's the kind of thing he needs. He needs the whole team engaged on any sort of internet-based exercise. He can't just uh, surreptitiously do something. Yeah, I think my co-host maybe should have uh, followed that line of uh, that direction. There are all kinds of perversions. Yeah. Uh, well, Forrest last season had to divorce his wife. To, to report on what that ugly experience, you know, was like, right? He, he divorced his wife to deal with it, to, to experience it, right? Yeah, he was asked to review the experience of divorcing your wife, so he did it, and I believe he uh, gave it half a star, or maybe no stars at all, actually. Yeah, it didn't look like it turned out real well. It actually brought a little tear to my eye. I haven't no. gone through that experience. Um, so let me ask you this. How far do you think your character will eventually go in pushing the limits of his work? I certainly hope like he won't expose himself to the Ebola virus or you know, do a stand on Dis Dancing with the Stars or something. I mean, how far will he take this? Um, well, this season, as opposed to last season, Forrest does have the ability to veto two review requests. Uh, he has not deployed the veto yet. We're halfway through the season, and um, many, many hard things are coming. But, you know, uh, it's hard to imagine what Forrest would veto, given all the difficult things he has taken on. But I would say if, if he could veto exposing himself to the, to the Ebola virus, he probably would. But, you wow. know, he only gets two vetoes. And so once he's used them, they're out. And then at that point, if he was asked to, to, to have Ebola, he would have to do it. Damn. Jeez. I guess what he he suffers for his art. I guess I yeah. I mean that that man is dedicated. I thought I'll, I'll guess I'll leave that one. In. I don't understand. Yeah. Um. Well. He, he he definitely believes the work is important. Absolutely. 
Um, well, for those out there who may not be familiar with your overall career, you have a rather lengthy resume prior to review that covers most of the coolest TV series, of, in my opinion, of all time. Eastbound and Down, Reno 911, doing voice voice work on Robert Smigel's Funhouse. You, you did Rick, Rick and Morty, and also The Life and Times of Tim. So... Here's what I'm leading up to. I asked David Keckner this question a while back. Have you ever done anything that is total crap? And please don't mention Yogi the Bear movie because T.J. Miller and I both firmly believe it's, it's a highly overlooked masterpiece. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, I, I recently I recently ran into T.J. Miller at an airport, and he told me that he thought uh, my work in Yogi Bear was the best work I'd ever done. And I almost punched him. That is messed up, yo. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't tell if he meant it or not. But, uh, yeah, well, I have definitely done things that are, are total crap, but it's hard to, uh, I, I, it's a dicey proposition to, uh, to say the names of those projects. Can you keep a secret? Um, so, so what gives you more satisfaction, writing a great script because you're a writer or, like, killing it in front of the camera? Probably killing it in front of the camera because there's, you know, I have the experience of writing something and feeling like I wrote something great and then going back and rereading it and thinking, uh, maybe that isn't good. Like, writing is weird that way. Whereas, once once you actually do something, uh, you, you have a pretty good sense that it worked. And then you can watch it and know for sure. Um, so, it's, it's a little bit, um, what's the word? It's less of a of a mind game uh, than writing is because writing I I gain confidence and lose confidence in something without changing it over a period of weeks. So it's yeah, it's more it's more fun to act I think. All right. Well, in your stand-up, uh, you incorporate uh, the many characters you've created. I know it's tough for a parent, but do you have a favorite? You know, someone you really really enjoy doing. Oh gosh, that is hard. I, I, I mean, I have this character of Don DeMello, who is this, just the most disgusting, lecherous pervert in the world with the grossest, gravelliest voice. Good. And I, the voice hurts my throat a little bit to do, but the the, uh, the reaction of the audience is always to that character so delightful that that's probably the, the funnest one to do because he's so disgusting. I also have a character named Dalton Wilcox, who is this. The phenomenally confident um, cowboy poet, and it's a lot of fun to play somebody that sort of brash and confident. Um, so yeah, I have a, I have a lot of fun characters I enjoy playing, and it's, yes, it is hard to name a favorite. But as far as the audience response to a character, uh, Don DeMello is probably the one that uh, has the greatest joy feedback loop. Excuse me. Okay. Scott, well, can I ask you something? Uh, I'm sorry, Andy. My co-host here has chosen to interrupt the momentum and rhythm of our conversation. You know, I sure hope what he has to say is worth this inconvenience. I will be right back. Uh-huh. So, do you think it would be kind of neat to have Andy do a character live right now on the show? He does so many of them, and he's Andy not- is not a trained seal, okay? He's a guest on this program, and we are not going to ask him to perform here like a hired hand. He probably just got done with an all-day shoot on his program for Comedy Central. The last thing he wants to do is have to work here. I know I sure wouldn't want to. Okay, my mistake. I just thought our listeners would get a kick out of it because there it's... you go again, thinking on your own. Yeah. Please refrain from that in the future. Future. Now let me get back to Andy. Got it. Uh, my bad. All right, Andy. Uh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so give me, give us a few names of those who had the biggest influence on your work. 
Yeah, I was just talking about this yesterday. Uh, that that I, you know, there was a movie called Midnight Run that came out, I think, in 1988, and I and it was uh, Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin. Mm-hmm. And I always think of that movie but between those two. Like I, I know I'm, you know, I'm no, I'm no Charles Grodin, let alone Robert De Niro. But those two performances in that movie are, I, I just think of them as the best comedy performances in any movie because they're so real and they're not silly and uh but they're so funny in in a real world and then but then i also another major influence on me was martin short in his uh saturday night live days uh that season of saturday night live was uh, it just blew my mind so those are those are some major influences on me along with andy kaufman and peter sellers and uh, Abbott and Costello. <laughs> I have a lot of comic influences. Maybe, maybe Charles Grodin might be one of the most underrated uh, comic actors of all time. I, I, I'm throwing that out. How, how do you feel about that? Absolutely. I, I think anybody who felt like going on a Charles Grodin binge would have an extremely satisfying time of it if you watch him in uh, The Heartbreak Kid. Absolutely. If you watch him in... Uh, heaven can wait. He is so funny, and heaven can wait. It's amazing, and you know he he wasn't always able to get great roles. So you know there is uh, there are a couple of Beethoven movies in there where he's yelling at a giant dog. Hey. Those aren't so great. <laughs> he had bills to pay, you know. Hey, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm with you on that. I, I just I'm, the Heartbreak Kid is when in my top ten. I just I just just still stands up to me, but. <laughs> Um, well, Andy, I'm going to ask you a personal question. What's your take on aliens from other galaxies? Are they walking among us as as I speak? Because we have a correspondent on the show, Ted Marr, that says they're everywhere and he has regular contact with them. Does that frighten you or give you comfort? Um, I guess it gives me comfort the thought that they might be here, but not uh, immediately disrupting and destroying our way of life. You know, I mean, that's it could be worse that they've just sort of come here and are walking amongst us and have insinuated themselves into our lives i think you know that's that's not the doomsday scenario that we all envision uh so yeah i think to me that's great news all right all right well he, yeah i i, well, I was a, a skeptic until we've uh, he's kind of a regular on the show now and he's i've kind of kind of bought into it i'm you know and it opens up all sorts of possibilities in, when you're interpreting what's going on in your life you know never fear smith is here all right Mr. all right well once again everyone most importantly needs to check out review andy's series on comedy central as it's really really good and that's now i'm putting my name on it so thank you so much for calling in again man thank you so much but i had fun all right mr andy daly H.G. Wells here. Be sure to download Chapter 45, Part 2 of the Dead Authors Podcast, where my guest will be, once more, L. Ron Hubbard. If you don't, I'll lock you in a basement and take your children away. Hi, this is Cherie Curry from The Runaways, and you are listening to the one and only Spud Goodman Show. Woohoo! Now. <laughs> once again, Jessica Domingo. Turn me laugh and shout.
Uh, so, Spud, our last guest is ready to go. It's, you know, Ted Marr, yeah, yeah, our yeah. most favorite psychic in the world. Oh, he's the only psychic I know. But, yeah, well, yeah, he's pretty interesting. I mean, who knew that Nostradamus had Ted Marr on speed dial? This guy speaks with some of the world's greatest dead figures. Do you think he only speaks with famous people in history? I, I mean, I wonder if he converses with just ordinary ghosts that were not famous. Are you insinuating that Ted is a psychic snob? Oh. That he only cares about celebrity ghosts? No, heavens no. Ted is a wonderful man. Yeah, so just do his plug and let, let me speak with him. Oh, okay. Our listeners can check out Ted Mars Out of This World show each Friday, 2 p.m. on KKNW, 11.50 a.m. in Seattle and online. Here he is. All righty, please say hello to Mr. Ted Marr as uh, this is his Out of This World segment. How you doing? Well, fine, Spud. Thank you so much for, for taking my call today. What I want to know uh, tonight is, is if soul travel is possible, or, or whatever it's called, why don't people from the past show up and give us their two cents now? You know, <laughs> like make some kind of public statement in a press conference, you know? I, you know what I'm saying? Like trying to set the record straight? Well, that brings up actually two or three issues, and the first one I'd like to address is that, in, especially in, in a lot of um, in a lot of uh, cultures in this planet, people are socialized not to believe in the afterlife, not to believe in the spirit world. So that even when, for example, their long lost uh, dad or relatives or friends try to contact them from the spirit world, the person dismisses it. Um, they don't know how to react. Um, they don't know what to think, and often. Uh, spirits on the other side but will try to contact people through thoughts because that's how they communicate is through thoughts in the in the fifth dimension um, regarding um, setting you know getting in touch with people I've actually been very fortunate for the past four or five months I've been in touch with Professor Albert Einstein on the other side super and he's record yeah and he and his friends on the other side including um, Leonardo da Vinci and uh, Michael um, and Michel de, de Nostradamus back in the uh, 16th century France have all recognized this problem and so what Professor Einstein is working on now is a spirit telephone where within the next 10 years, maybe 15, um, you'll be able to, to call up any, 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 any spirit, anyone who's passed on in the spirit world um, with, with, the, with, the, with the equipment that uh, Professor Einstein's working on now. But he needs earth scientists uh, now on this side of the veil to also to work on their part in this dimension so they can link the third and the fifth dimensions together. So who's, who's going to get that contract, though? Is it going to be AT&T, Verizon? Who's going to get that phone contract? Because that's going to be huge money. Well, I have contacted, I, I don't want to give out their names for privacy, but I have contacted several different uh, 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 famous scientists across the world, and they are interested in the project, um, wow. which we hope to get going on late, later this summer. And so I'm going to coordinate helping them link up with their efforts from this side to the other side so that Professor Einstein can take his work from his scientists and link it up with ours in the third dimension. It should be a very interesting, um, very interesting endeavor. Oh, I would like to jump in here and at least voice my opinion on the possible carrier that gets the contract for the spirit phone. Please, tell Ted that Verizon should not be allowed into the negotiations. They're a horrible company, as our family plan is so not what they laid out to us when we signed up. We're over our data plan in like the first week each month, and they're making a ton of money on that. It's disgusting. Well, maybe you should talk to a Verizon customer service professional and adjust your family plan, okay? I'd rather not bring Ted into your cell phone problems. 
I'm just saying that if the Spirit Phone takes off someday, you can bet Verizon, if they get the exclusive contract, will milk every cent they can from their customers. Point made. Now zip it and let me finish up here with Ted. There's, is there any dimension that can go back, I guess what I was trying to say earlier, and, and fix history, you know, like maybe uh, jump on those dickheads on Wall Street, you know, in the early 30s before the Depression, or maybe somebody who could prevent it, you know, the First World War by telling the Archduke of Ferdinand that he should probably not go out in public that day he got shot, you know, because a time traveler could change everything if it could go back and fix things. Well, the problem with that, and there was actually a Twilight Zone episode I remember very vividly when I was a kid watching it, that um, if you did go back and change time, the very reason for your existence might evaporate. Um, for example, oh, you might you might do something inadvertently by going back in time so your parents wouldn't meet. And if your parents wouldn't meet, you wouldn't be here, and boom, Bummer. you would be... Yeah. Oof. <laughs> you would be gone. So you've, you know, and, and there was there was one Twilight Zone episode I remember watching years ago where somebody went back and they tried to assassinate Hitler back in 1939. And um, they couldn't do it. Um, it, it uh, because it was like, um, in a way, there's, there's destinies. But on the other hand, there's certain timelines. And if, for example... Um, um, if if he had been um, assassinated, would humanity learn their lessons? I would hope so. I think the the, the true human nature, true nature of hum, of, of of humans um, of people is to be benevolent and that we're intention and we're good inside. That's what I think. Wow. And um, one of the things, very interesting point you brought up because I, I have been in touch with uh, Nostradamus about this same same issue. Tell him I said he I. said that right. that the t- the timeline changed about four or five years ago where. We were on track for more conflict in the world, and now that's changed to a much more benevolent and uh, spiritually enlightened track. So that um, in the 2020s and 2030s, we will have the start of a thousand years of spiritual peace and prosperity. Wow, that's super. Well, I guess we're running out of time, dang it, because there's so many more things I wanted to, to, to hit you up with. But hey, could you pass on to uh, to... to Mr. Einstein, that I'd love to get like the beta copy of the Spirit Phone and to try it out. You know, just I, I could give him my honest feedback. Just something, you know, just pop, file that away. You know, whatever. All right. No worries. All I'll, right. I'll be happy to make a phone call for you anytime. All right, super. All right, there you have it. Once again, out of this world with Ted Marr. Thank you, Spud. This is the Spud Goodman Show. We sure got the surprise of our lives. But uh, I think before we close the show, it should be stated that this Gerald Holcomb, me, was never involved with any adulterous website. My wife checks my web browser history on the family desktop and also on my phone regularly. So she knows there's got to be another Gerald Holcomb out there cheating on his wife. Either Uh that or I was set up by somebody. But I I guess one of her girlfriends was listening tonight. She texted her and, oh boy, I must have a dozen voicemails and another handful of texts from Rachel. I'm going to have to explain everything to her when I get home. Yeah, good luck with that. You know. You know, I could see you might, you know, have many possible suspects that could have been motivated to punk you on this one. And if I knew how to cruise that internet thing, you know, I might have given it a shot myself. But you know, I don't, I don't have those kinds of skills. And count me out too. I may not care for you, but I wouldn't risk oh. breaking up your family for a practical joke. I would hope not. Trent, did you do this? Sign me up at that Dolly Madison site. Um, actually, it's Ashley Madison. Ashley Madison. And um, no, it, we wanted to play a joke on you, but it was too much work, so we just dropped it. Yeah. Anyway, you know, it would have been epic, though, because we had the subscription request thing ready, all the cards filled out for over 300 magazines with your name and address. Boy, your mailman would have been pissed. <laughs>
That magazine prank has been done a ton. Next time give thought to something more fun. Like maybe a new car he won, or the presence of a long lost son. Spud, you can do better than that old lame one. Yeah, yeah, that that would have that would have been <laughs> unfortunate because I'm very close to my mailman. Thank you for reconsidering that. But listen, when I find out who the real perpetrator of this very cruel joke is, I'm gonna find out and I'm gonna make them pay. Yeah, okay. I, excuse me for a moment as I'm doing a show here. Sorry. All right then, I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. You've been listening to the Spud Goodman Radio Show. No more a waste of your time than other vacuous programs currently on the air. The show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Production. Original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon. Executive producer is Lori Madsen. Video director is TJ Pites. Our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of the station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Northwest music. This is an hour of sterling conversation. This is an hour of analysis of the previous hour of the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Hello, 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 everyone. My name is Lawrence, and I will be your host for tonight's Spud Goodman Post Show Report. And after listening to the first hour with Spud and Joe, you know, I got to say something here. You know, I, I think I got to make a formal statement that at no time I was, was I among the 37 million guys who signed up at that, that, that cheating website, whatever it is. Oh, and regarding the 12,000 women who were actually on the site for those 37 million dudes, yeah, I'm probably the, the the best to comment on those odds, you see, because, you know, after the, all the time that I spent locked up with a prison full of smelly guys and all, because we had four female guards out of a couple hundred dudes, I'm thinking that was about the same ratio as on those Super. sites, you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, look, I understand that marriage has its ups and downs, and, you know, during, during the downs that the sex life can get, you know, kind of non-existent, it fades out, but that... Ashley Madison, that's what they call that, right? Ashley Madison? Yeah. yeah well, you know, at first, I, I would not turn to some site like that for assistance in that sort of area, if you know what I'm saying. Because, you know, I don't know about much about Gerald's situation with his wife. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I barely even know the guy. I mean, he seems like a, no, a nice enough guy, and he does a decent job as Spud's co-host, but he kind of made a bad call on this one. Super. Yeah, you know, I guess a we, or I should say, a horny guy is innocent until proven guilty, but I'm thinking it's going to be a bit uncomfortable for him when he gets home tonight. I'm pretty sure about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if, if even if he didn't really ever do anything, like if he didn't sign up 
for the services? His days of surfing on the web on his home computer, at least. Those are over. You know, his wife is going to be combing through every single keystroke he makes from this point on. Ah, oh, man. All right, all right. I should probably introduce my my lovely co-host, Gina. Gina, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. You know, um, who would have thought Gerald Holcomb was kind of sketchy? I mean, he that seems is not super. so clean cut. Yeah, you know what? Cut. You know what, Lawrence? Never mind. I'll just introduce myself. My name's Derek, and I bring the flavor to this program. I gotta say, from personal experience, it really doesn't matter if he did it or not. He's been convicted in the court of public opinion. I wonder if his wife will now make him quit the show. I mean, yeah. that would open up some opportunities for some of us on the post-show report. I'm just saying that Spud clearly needs a co-host, and if Gerald's wife puts him on lockdown, one of us should be prepared to step in and fill his shoes should the need arise. At least temporarily. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. not like he's having an affair here at the station. I, I don't think he'll have to leave the show because of this. Now, his life at home may be a little different for a while. It, <laughs> it was a little disconcerting to hear him cry openly, openly like a newborn when he was leaving the studio. Oh, though. He, oh, yeah. He's always kind of struck me as a pussy. Super. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Listen here, Derek. You know, I, look, I... Never mind you. Now, I think we have a pretty good show lined up for everybody. So, you know, well, let's get let's get this show rolling. And we're going to introduce our panel because we've got, as always, our engineer, Mike Hey, What's up, Mike? Hey, good to be here. It's good to have you. And, of course, on the soundboard, of course, we've got Dave with us again. Hey, Dave in the house. Good evening. It's a pleasure as always. It's a pleasure having you as well. And, and we got our two ex-community college interns. You know, they keep showing up here. Hey, everybody. But I, I'm happy about that. Hey there, hey there, Trent, hey there, Anna, I heard you back there. It's good. We're glad to have you both with us tonight, I gotta say. Now, Anna, while uh, during our recent break, you visited your home in Mississippi where you grew up, right? Uh, you mentioned grew of some sort. I don't know if I grew up there. I'm still doing that here. I mean, why else would I still be interning? But back to your question, I, I did visit home. It was a much-needed break. There's nothing better than home-to-cooked food. Real sweet tea, and the best person ever, my mom. Oh, super. Aww. Yeah, shout out to your mom. You got to have mad love for the mom. That's true. Number one. Number one, yeah. All right, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get rolling with some music here. First up, we've got Bobby Darren with Beyond the Sea. And then we have a band from Seattle, the Stereo Creeps. And they've got a new album out now. The, the album is titled Cave Dwellers of Tomorrow. And this song is called Trailer Park Incident. First, we're going to kick it off with the great Bobby Darren. And then we'll do the stereo. Hey, wait, wait a minute. Does anybody want to know what I did over the break? I mean, I didn't fly anywhere, but I did do some cool things. Uh, Derek, uh, he just said we're going to music right now, okay? <sighs> okay, but just don't forget to ask me later in the show. Okay. I think the listeners would really like Look, hearing about... Somebody, somebody hit play, quick. Stands on golden sands and watches the ships that go sailing somewhere beyond the sea. She's there watching for me. If I could fly like birds on high, then straight to her Star, it's 
as before Happy we'll be beyond the sea And never again I'll go say Tonight in the studio, we've got Jessica Domingo. Jessica, welcome. Hey, nice hey to have man. you here. Nice to be here. It's not, yeah, <laughs> no, it's good. You know, okay, you know, I like to, to kind of ask this question on my interviews because, mm-hmm. you know, I did my time at uh, Pelican Bay and I, I like to see if I got any common interests with anybody, but you mm-hmm. just look kind of young and sweet. And so <laughs> I don't know if you've done any hard time, maybe some community service. You done anything like that? Community service? I've done a lot throughout high school. Like, you know how you have 
to have that graduation requirement. I've done a lot of community service around different middle schools and stuff like that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So you gave back. You gave back. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> and you know, you got a nice, nice voice. I gotta say, did you? Uh, did I just read that you worked uh, like with some big time producer in LA on your record? Is that true? I mean. Uh, you know, I, and the music industry looks kind of scary from the movies that I saw when I was in the inside. Yeah, I did. Um, last year, I worked with Michael Blue, who is responsible for Kobe Calais records, uh, Jason oh. Mraz, and One Republic. So it's pretty cool working in a new environment, something that's not in Seattle, but something new, I guess, to say. It was really, really something different for me. Wow, good for you. Those are some good names. So props <laughs> to you. Props. Yeah, yeah, nice. Jessica, what female singers did you grow up listening to and how are you most influenced by their sound? Um, I definitely interested I was I was most influenced with Lauren Hill and um, Amy Winehouse. Um, a lot of Kobe Calais of her style too. It's really versatile, I guess, just kind of a wide range of genres. I grew up with a lot of influences, so but those two main names are the huge people I loved the most. Very cool. Good influences, yeah. good names. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you played some outdoor festivals this past summer, is that right? And, yes. Uh, now, did you get a like a, a halfway decent porta potty? I get claustrophobic. I can't handle being <laughs> stuck in one of those. How about you? Oh, man. Festival events are my favorite, but I do agree. Porta potties are not the best place to <laughs> take your responsibilities there yeah, but <laughs> yeah. i i most definitely say that i could live with it i, I love the whole festival scene yeah that's <laughs> cool hey jessica i just want to jump in here real quick and let you know yeah, that when right. i finally do get my drive time shift in a major market sometime soon <laughs> i will for sure be playing your music oh thank you that's super you're very welcome <laughs> and i yeah he's got good taste but you know he does kind of suck up so you gotta watch out <laughs> so oh, now man. you can play one more song for us yeah. you want to tell us the name of that song and actually maybe a little backstory on that song too yeah so this song is called just vibe i wrote the song within like an hour or so i was just in my room 15 years old i remember and i was like "Ooh, just five that's like a cool name and that became my debut album title so yeah here's here's just five nice jessica domingo Suddenly living my teenage dream 
to the Spud Goodman post-show report. Uh, Doug, you, you were trying to cut in on the whole interview thing. You know, I wasn't I cutting in. I was just simply, you know, telling her that, you know, she plays really good music, and when I get my primetime spot, I'm going to make sure that she gets some airtime that mm. she deserves. Yeah, well, you know what? I think her music speaks for itself, and you can speak for yourself in, in, in what you do best. And I'm going to. You know to. what that is, right? Yes. All right. So in our first clip of the night, we have Chris Titus talking about the ideal timeline for the perfect relationship. When the Jews let it go, that's when I will let it go. Oh, all right. Well, do you think it's a small number of people out there that thrive on the drama as they move through life? Or do you see it as much more pre prevalent, like almost a guarantee after the third date? What's your take? <laughs> I think you got to talk about the new show. You have to date someone for eight years before you figure out if you want to marry them or be with them. It takes eight years. Wow. All these people who get married in one, two, or three years are crazy. And I know a lot of people are listening thinking, eight years, I can't hold the crazy back that long. But you, you need to go to that place where you can deal with the worst of the person, and then you got to decide. If you can deal with their top-level crazy, I don't mean their 10-level crazy, I mean their 11-level crazy. You know when you're so angry that you forgot what you did and you weren't even drunk? You have to hang with someone through that. Oh, all right, I just wrote that down. Well, you're happily married <laughs> now, so what would be the number yes. one tip you would give guys listening on how to have a successful marriage? Uh, uh, don't marry him for eight years. I didn't marry her for eight years, and when I finally did marry her, uh, here's the thing. Love is possible. You just kind of divorce your first wife. That's just how it goes. Because after your first wife, you're going to know exactly what you deal with. So, guys, just rush into a stupid marriage with a crazy girl, divorce her in a couple years, don't have a kid, and then marry someone great. Oh, all right, super. That's now, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you something. <laughs> but, but I, you know, the weird thing is that I don't think I'm going to have to deal with that problem. I'm just going to try and stay single because i got to focus on this radio career. I like I, to show my big box of crazy like right away. I oh, just so think just, that's responsible. Just open up that Pandora's just box. open it up. Oh, you want to get it all out of the way, out Absolutely. of the gate. Absolutely. Just here it is. Do you want it? 
You, you know that that might be kind of that. That's she's on to something, dude. It's kind of like play it it's kind of like bull riding. Super. I mean, you just like open <laughs> the gates go. and just see yeah. if they can hang on. Yeah. You can if you can stay in that relationship for eight seconds. That's all you need. Oh, right? so yeah. it's, eight it's the number yep. eight. It's the number wow. eight. Oh right yeah. yeah, yeah. See, you guys are on to something. Somebody it's just the exponential metaphor. Really all, right. all right, you know what? Let's do some more music here. We're gonna Super, lead off with um, a band from uh, Oakland. We've got the Bad Vibes and their tune "Out in the Streets." And then after that, we have Freddie and the Dreamers with I'm Telling You Now. Now, first, of course, we're going to start with the bad vibes. Thank you. 
For more of the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Welcome back to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, so I'm really excited about our Out of This World segment this week. Oh, yes. We've got our good buddy, Ted Marr, and he's talking about something that I think could really revolutionize the future here. He talks about how uh, he's talking to a good buddy of his in the spirit world about developing a spirit phone like that will allow us to talk with the spirits on the other side, basically to do what he does. Now, the only thing I'm worried about is that you know, Apple's just going to take this idea three years later and oh, just do the same yeah. thing, and everybody's going <laughs> to give them all the credit. But let's just roll the clip for now. Um, regarding um, setting, you know, getting in touch with people, I've actually been very fortunate for the past four or five months. I've been in touch with Professor Albert Einstein on the other side. Super. And he's reco- Yeah, and he and his friends on the other side, including um, Leonardo da Vinci and uh, Michael um, and Michel de, de Nostradamus back in the 16th century France, have all recognized this problem. And so what Professor Einstein is working on now is a spirit telephone where within the next 10 years, maybe 15, um, you'll be able to, to call up any, 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 any spirit, anyone who's passed on in the spirit world um, with, with, the, with, the, with the equipment that uh, Professor Einstein's working on now. But he needs earth scientists uh, now on this side of the veil to also to work on their part in this dimension so they can link the third and the fifth dimensions together. So who's, who's going to con- get that contract, though? Is it going to be AT&T, Verizon? Who's going to get that phone contract? Because that's going to be huge money. Well, I have contacted, I, I don't want to give out their names for privacy, but I have contacted several different uh, 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 famous scientists across the world, and they are interested in the project, um, wow. which we hope to get going on late, later this summer. And so I'm going to coordinate helping them link up with their efforts from this side to the other side so that Professor Einstein can take his work from his scientist and link it up with ours in the third dimension. It should be a very interesting, um, very interesting endeavor. Yeah, you know what? If they have that phone, if they come out with that phone, I will sign up for the unlimited talk time plan. Yeah, can you imagine the overage charges that they would like? What's is that like long distance? Like that's super long distance, right? Yeah, that's yeah. I imagine it'd be like out of this world. Yeah, well, you know, it's got to be some right? kind of roaming uh, fee or something. There is a roaming. And you know, I think the longer the person has been dead, the the higher the rates are and the more roaming charges. So go. it'd be that's like a, a VIP role. plan, like. To yeah. talk to, like, really, really dead people? Yeah, yeah. So, like, if you're going to talk to, like, one of the Egyptian kings or queens, that's some serious charges right there. So, so, yeah. so if your, like, uncle died or something last week and you just wanted to know where he 
where oh, he hit yeah, his. That's, that's a know, free. That's, that's a free. They give you hit that the easy. cookies or something yeah. like that would be a freebie. But like, if you wanted to text some Egyptian pharaoh, they'd probably have to have a scribe write it down and then delivered by some kind. Yes, yeah, they're like a hieroglyphic. Oh, that's yeah. right. They'll yeah, have to have like yeah. hieroglyphics yeah. emojis. Yeah. Or now we got the emoticons. That's the new hieroglyphics. I mean, you're gonna have like yeah. sand, you know, different keypads like Sanskrit and you know who, who knows yeah. Etruscan. Uh, I don't know. Take you know, my money. We should, I'll we should, buy it we should jump on the development of that kind of stuff if that's where this is going. Let's make some big money. Let's do it. Fund my radio career. Well, I don't know about that. You know what? Now that we're, he's before he gets taken off, we're gonna do some more music because you know what happened here. Yeah. First, we're gonna first up, we're gonna play some Ice Cube, something uh, from a ways back, A Bird in the Hand, and then after that, we have Southern Culture on the Skids with Camel Walk. Cleaning out my nest, and I found an old book of my poetry. Out of school, cause I was a high school grad. Got to get a job, cause I was a high school dad. Wish I got paid by rapping to the nation, but that's not likely. So here's my application, pass it to the man at ATT. Cause when I was in school, I got the AEE. But there's no SC for this youngster. I didn't have no money, so now I got a punched up. Clock got a slave, and be happy, man. But Whitey says there's no room for the African. Always knew that I would clock G. But welcome to McDonald's, may I take your order please? Gotta serve your food that might give you cancer Cause my son doesn't take no for an answer Now I pay taxes, let him never give me back What about diapers, bottles, and Similac? Do I have to sell me a whole lot of crack? For decent shelter and clothes on my back? Or should I just wait for help from Bush? Or Jesse Jackson and Operation Push? If you ask me, the whole thing needs a dush A massing gale, what the hell? Crack a cell in the neighborhood To the corner house bitches Miss Parker, Lil Joe, and Todd Bridges Or anybody that he know So I caught me a bird better known as a kilo Now everybody know I went from Poe To a nigga that got dope So now you put the feds against me Cause I couldn't follow the plan of the presidency I'll never get love again But blacks are too fucking broke to be Republican Now remember, I used to be cool Till I stopped filling out my W-2 Now senators are getting high And you're playing against the ghetto backfire So now you got a pep talk But sorry, this is our only room to walk Cause we don't want a truck push But a bird in the hand is worth more than a book Cracker in your special outfit for me.
welcome back to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, guys, so it's time for the Clip of the Week segment, which we haven't had for a while. Uh, this one, it's kind of a touchy subject. We've got some interesting developments going on in Iowa. Why don't we just roll the clip and hear it? Anyone who is in the state of Iowa, the state, the state, the state of Iowa, that is not here legally and cannot and cannot and cannot demonstrate their legal status to the satisfaction of the local, the local, the local, the local, the local and state authorities here in the state of Iowa, become property of the state of Iowa. Become property of the state of Iowa. So if you are here without our permission, and we've given you two months to, to leave, and you're still here, and we find that you're still here after we've given you the deadline to leave, then you become the property of the state of Iowa. Then you become the property of the state of Iowa. And we have a job for you, and we start using uh, uh, compelled labor, the people who are here illegally, would therefore be owned by the state, owned by the state, and become an asset of the state rather than a liability, and we start inventing jobs for them to do. It sounds like a clever idea, and maybe it, maybe you could make it, uh, uh, put it in, in action, but I think the fallout would be so significant. Uh, 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 you know, I think what, what, would be, what would be the nature of the fallout? Well, I, I think everybody would believe it sounds like slavery. Well, I, I think everybody would believe it sounds like slavery. Well, I, I think everybody would believe everybody would believe it sounds like slavery. Sounds like slavery. Sounds like slavery. Well, what's wrong with slavery? With all of this, our country has tremendous potential. Let's make America great again. Kind of, kind of leaves you speechless, doesn't it? Super gross. I've, I, I'm, I got, I got nothing on that. I'm just, I, I can't believe it. Huh. Maybe we should cheer things up with some music. Oh yeah, you know what, Dave? Thank you, thank you. Let's do that. Let's get that taste out of our mouth. Now, you know, uh, let's let's do a little bit of. Uh, oh, you know what, Spud wants us to do. He wants us to start off with the Japan Droids, a song mm. called uh, "Younger Us," and follow up that with a song from Valerie June titled "Somebody Love." All right, Dave, hit play.
up at night thinking that only if you had somebody The Spud Goodman Post Show Report. So anyway, uh, uh, now that it's actually my time to shine again, we've got Andy Daly, a clip from the Andy Daly interview, talking about how far the review star will go this year in the series. Uh, follow that line of uh, that direction. There are all kinds of perversions. Yeah, uh, well, Forrest last season had to divorce his wife to, to report on what that ugly experience, you know, was like, right? He, he divorced his wife to deal with it, to, to experience it, right? 
Yeah, he was asked to review the experience of divorcing your wife, so he did it, and I believe he uh, gave it half a star, or maybe no stars at all, actually. Yeah, it didn't look like it turned out real well. I've actually brought a little tear to my eye. I haven't no. gone through that experience. Um, so let me ask you this. How far do you think your character will eventually go in pushing the limits of his work? I certainly hope like he won't expose himself to the Ebola virus or you know, do a stand on Dis- Dancing with the Stars or something. I mean, how far will he take this? Um, well, this season, as opposed to last season, Forrest does have the ability to veto two review requests. Uh, he has not deployed the veto yet. We're halfway through the season, and um, many, many t- hard things are coming. But, you know, uh, it's hard to imagine what Forrest would veto, given all the difficult things he has taken on. But I would say if, if he could veto exposing himself to the, to the Ebola virus, he probably would. But, you wow. know, he only gets two vetoes. And so once he's used them, they're out. And then at that point, if he was asked to, to, to have Ebola, he would have to do it. Damn. Jeez. I guess what he he suffers for his art. I guess I yeah. I mean that that man is dedicated. I I'll, I'll guess I'll leave that one. I don't understand. Yeah. Um, well, he, he he definitely believes the work is important. Absolutely. Um, well, for those out there who may not be familiar, what's the uh, worst thing that you guys would like subject yourselves to? Like, where would you draw the line if you had to do something like that? Go through an experience and then write a review of it. I'd draw the line at having to watch a whole episode of Two Broke Girls. <laughs> I'm dead serious about that. I'm not. I wouldn't do it. Uh, they put me in a beehive and let me get stung by a whole nasty, mean set of bees. But don't make me watch a whole episode of Two Broke Girls. We might no. have to do that yeah. for a video segment in the future. Then, yeah. But I I said to the warden once, you know, don't put people in the hole. Put them in a room with that playing on a loop, and I guarantee you there will be good behavior up here in the joint. I, I've never seen that show, but I actually feel like I have to go watch it now. No, no, you can't do that. But I, can't I, I'm do that. curious. It's now. like that videotape that if you watch it, you die. Yeah. Well, this one, you watch it, you're dumb. You just get dumb. <laughs> Where would you draw the line, Dave? Uh, yeah, maybe it's a generational thing, but I would n- never listen to you light up my life again. Ooh, ooh, yeah, that, that that's a tough toss up there between you light up my life and two broke girls. Super. That, they make that the theme song, and then everybody's going crazy. Super. All right, we're going to play some more music now. We're going to start off with an alternative cut of Soul Survivor by the Rolling Stones. And then we're going to follow that up with something by a band from Seattle. And they, they should have made it big in the 90s, you know what I'm saying? I guess they just weren't loud enough, because, you know, back in the day, that would be Sister Psychic, and the song is titled Hang Time. But we're going to start off with the Stones.
This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Well, I'm sad to say that we're out of time with this post-show report, everybody. Gina, do you want to say anything uh, before we sign off? Well, you know, not to be critical, but once again, Spud could not find time to schedule an ICP song. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, I I mean, there are so many great songs to choose from. And he continues to completely ignore one of the greatest bands in the world. I I don't know. It just bugs me. Yeah, you got to not let it get to you. And I know you love your insane clown posse, but... There's really not much we can do about Spud's taste in music. So I, for one, am still waiting for him to play some Candlebox. I guess that's not going to happen either, is Yeah, Spud's yeah. somewhat of a mu- music snob. I mean, if you ask me, he's got horrible taste in music. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say he has horrible taste, but he is very biased against some particular bands. Besides ICP, he never plays any Cradle of Filth or Cannibal Corpse. No, I mean, I I'm nice. thinking of asking to sit down and talk to him about it. <laughs> Super. Good luck with that. I tried to get him to write me a letter of recommendation to include with my air check tape that I'm sending around to a bunch of stations in all the big markets around the country. He told me to get back to him when I paid my dues. Can you believe it? Yes, no. I can believe it. And I do believe it. Yes. So, hey, let me thank the panel tonight. We've got, we're going to start with Dave on the soundboard. Thank you, Dave. Good job. Oh, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Yes, that's right. And Mike, our engineer, another flawless, beautiful effort that you've done. Well, nothing that you detected anyway. Nothing that I detected. <laughs> that's true. You know what? I don't know. Won't hurt me, right? Exactly. And of course, I got to thank our two ex interns, Anna and Trent. God, you know that we're in debt. To you guys, because you're continuing to come and show up here and do this, and you graduated already. So I don't know why I'm yeah. so here. I have my college credit. Oh, I know, but we appreciate it. Give credit where credit's due. You know, we love you guys. Thanks for Absolutely. being on board. Absolutely. You are the two best ex-college interns in the world. Yes. Yeah. But Darn right. Do you think either of you could maybe get me a bottle of water or something? I mean... Okay, no. No, we're not getting any water. We're going to... We got it. We got to get going One here. Night, we're going to leave everybody with this tune from the great Ray Charles and his duet with Clint Eastwood. This one's titled, Beers to You. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Can, can I please get a bottle of water? I mean, it doesn't even have to be cold, guys. Derek. When Uncle Sam called us up, we hit that eastern sand Fought like hell for three long years in that South Asian land We met a few foreign ladies, mm-hmm. we drank a lot of lukewarm oh, beer Oh, I remember But the night in this old Tucson bar You know what? It's so damn good to see you here Stool. Shoulder to shoulder All right, beers to you Ray, you remember back in Phoenix When we walked into that fight? Uh-huh We whipped them local boys Oh, didn't we? Then we bought them drinks all night And when my loving wife left For points unknown You were there to fill my glass and it proved to me a woman's love can fade But the taste of cause and a good friend always last huh? Beers to you, old amigo For all the good times Here's to all the women That we've been through Let's set them up, my compadre 
barstool to barstool Shoulder to shoulder All right now, beers to you Hey Ray, let's have one more All right, Clint, it's my turn to buy In that case, let's have two I just remembered I got to date two barstools down You mean that little redhead? Mm-hmm Beers to you, old amigo Here's to all the women that we've been through. Let's set them up, my compadre. Bar stools to bar stools, shoulder to shoulder. All right, beers to you. The Spud Goodman Post Show Report is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Associate producer, David Deere. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Audio highlights, Derek Schneider. Our interns are Anna Howell and Trent Botello. Theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking.